May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable to you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In Washington, D.C., at the church where I served, we had a parishioner named Charlie Bolden. At the time that I knew him, he was serving as the first permanent African-American administrator of NASA, the National Aeronautics and Space Administration, and he was a retired major general of the Marine Corps. He'd spent 14 years as an astronaut flying on four space shuttle missions after serving as a fighter pilot in Vietnam and then as a test pilot and trainer. When I asked Charlie about his faith and work for a series I was doing for this church, he said two things that are relevant this morning. First, seeing planet Earth from space shattered any doubts he might have had about God. In an instant, he understood God's majesty in creating this planet of immense beauty. Nothing else but God could have done this. It was beautiful, sublime, and cohesive, not a border or a nation-state line in sight. Second, he wanted his thousands of employees at NASA to understand through his example that their lives were gifts from God and that their humanity was part of this sublime creation that he saw from space. And in return for God's generosity to them, he wanted them to know that they were caretakers of this earth, of this creation, endowed with talents, skills, resources, and indeed their work at NASA was the way in which they could give back to God and God's creation by giving us, you and me, hope and inspiration through space exploration. Now, Charlie could have also recited Psalm 8 to me to get all this across. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory above the heavens. What are human beings that you are mindful of them? You have crowned them with glory and honor. You have given them dominion over the works of your hands. How majestic is your name in all the earth. Psalm 8 is the first psalm of praise in the Psalter, and it's just like Charlie Bolden's description of his view of earth from the heavens. That was also a song of praise. Now, Psalm 8 reminds us of God's majesty and that God is to be praised for God's creation. It reminds us that God uses us, weak and lowly human creatures, as partners in the struggle against chaos. It reminds us that we owe God everything, our beings, our world, and when we tie in today's reading from Hebrews that actually quotes from Psalm 8, we owe God our salvation in the gift to us that is Jesus Christ. This is not our world, but God's world. This is not our goodness, but God's goodness. This is not our majesty, but God's majesty. In this psalm, God is praised for creating and continuing to maintain creation. And this is where Charlie Bolden's comments come into play. God maintains creation with our help, with us. This psalm is asking, what are we that God cares for us? 
And how do we know that God cares for us? So in other scripture, we know that God cares for us because God has given us laws, God's laws to live by. We know because we hear we are lovingly created. We know because God's only son died for us. Here, in this text, we know God cares for us because God has asked us to be stewards of God's creation, the physical world and the animal and human world as well, by granting us dominion over creation. Now, this word dominion, it's a kingly word. Kings were given responsibility, dominion over those whom they governed. Dominion is not ownership, however. As the steward of an estate never makes the mistake in thinking he owned the estate, so we with dominion ought not think that we own the works of God's hands. Rather, all of humanity are the kings and queens of creation, the stewards and caretakers of one another with special gifts and resources to care for God's world and people and to bring hope and inspiration, as Charlie said. So God not only cares for us, God has given us a job to do. And this is a perfect start to our stewardship season. Because a just and good response to God's majesty is gratitude. Gratitude is giving thanks to God for this creation, for being mindful of us as humans, and for entrusting us with God's world as its stewards. Research at the Greater Good Science Center at the University of California, Berkeley, tells us that gratitude is an instinctive and intrinsic component of human experience. And yet gratitude can lie dormant unless we cultivate it. You've probably noticed a rise in gratitude products, gratitude journals, gratitude Facebook posts, gratitude candles, and even, I found on Amazon, gratitude socks. At St. B's, you can wear your gratitude socks, but we also cultivate our gratitude by saying, thank you, God, in our worship and prayer. Don't dismiss that part of the prayers of the people that ask you to remember your blessings. We often slide over that. That's about showing gratitude to God, for we can all acknowledge something, something from God, even if times are hard. So coming to worship and praying are ways to cultivate gratitude to God. We can also cultivate gratitude through our financial generosity to St. Bartholomew's. Research shows that generosity is how we act on gratitude. And in fact, evolutionarily speaking, generosity developed as a way of building relationships and community. The Greater Good Science Center documents that we are generous to someone when we are grateful to them. So in other words, the original generosity begets gratitude, begets more generosity. When you are grateful to God for God's generosity in your life, then the natural response is your generosity to God. Our stewardship mailing went out earlier this week. It's called appropriately a season of gratitude and generosity. You'll be receiving it soon if you haven't, and if you don't receive it, please let us know. We are asking you to consider how God has been generous to you and whether you can show gratitude to God by promising a portion of your income to St. Bartholomew's for next year. For when we do so, we are saying thank you to God for, our, for God's generosity to us. Indeed, our promises are about giving back to God a portion of what God 
what has come to us from God. Our promises are also the way we care for this corner of God's world. The St. Bees as a community of people, as a campus and facilities, and further afield when St. Bees goes into the world to help those in need, whether it's Waverly, Tennessee, Haiti, or someone who needs a shower and a meal. As Charlie Bolden told his employees, what we do here at St. Bees, lay and clergy, staff and congregation, it's about hope and inspiration. And these are promises of financial support or how we can truly live into Psalm 8's joyful praise of God's majesty and generosity to us and live into our jobs as caretakers of God's world, which includes one another. So we give thanks and we give back, and that's what our stewardship season is all about. When you receive your mailing, you may wonder, what is the right amount to promise to God through St. B's for 2022? Now that's a conversation between you and God, and we ask you just to be intentional and prayerful about it. Maybe you can start off like my husband and I did long ago with not a tithe of our income, but with an amount that was just big enough to be uncomfortable. We wanted to find a number big enough so that we wouldn't forget it. It wouldn't just slide out of our pockets or out of our account without us noticing. It had to be big enough to remember that we belong to God, to remember God's majesty and God's care for us, as Psalm 8 says. But the number couldn't be so big that we would resent it. When we landed on something, we calculated it as a percentage of our income, and we calculated it against other expenses that might be a little more optional, like you might call it our, the Netflix metric. If you added up all your streaming services and other things, how would that compare to what you plan to give to St. B's? And each year we intentionally increased our promise to our church, half percentage, a full percentage. We started over every time we moved and we're in a new house or a new place. We got close to tithing. We always knew we could revisit our promise just as you can. We never did. And a funny thing happened. We went from attending church to serving in worship to taking formation classes to making friends, and then lo and behold, I turned out to be a priest. Okay, so that wasn't about the tithing. Truly, truly, our giving helped us to become more grateful to our church and more generous as a result to that same church. So let us live into the song of praise that is Psalm 8. Your promise of generous financial support to St. B's are ways that you can give thanks and give back to God for God's generosity to us and for God's entrusting us as stewards of creation and one another here at St. B's and further afield. Indeed, our promises allow us to participate in God's majesty in this world. O oh Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. Amen. <laughs>